Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I'm Dax Holt. That over there is Adam Glenn. We are here to not only inform you, but entertain you. Uh, We have one of the top entertainment podcasts on Apple. And you know why we stay there, Adam? Why is that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why people listen to us. Actually, was going to be my answer. (laughs) I I know why they listen. I I think I do. Based on the reviews, people just want to hear our stories, but also want to have more of an accurate um, tone of what's going on there. You know, everyone has an opinion, and we have an opinion, but at least our opinion comes from our history of working these news stories, dealing with these celebrities. And again, we've been pretty accurate when what's been going on with the news cycle as far as entertainment news. For example, for right now, Dax, Kim and Croy, you were the first person to really call this out and go, mm, I don't trust this thing. And right now, here they are celebrating their wedding anniversary after all this divorce speculation. We kind of know what these. She's, she's changed her name back to Beerman on Twitter. Yeah. Like, she's like, what is what? But is also, happening? it's like funny. We could call these news stories before they even come out. For example, like TMZ, we know the stories they do every single season. I guarantee, like right now, the Super Bowl is going to be coming up in February. Story they're going to do is about all the hookers that are coming into Vegas for the Super Bowl. They do the same story every year, and everyone still is like, "What? This is crazy!" I'm like, no. Dude, this means there's no stories and people are trying to find angles. I, well, I mean, I get it. They did it for F1 too. All yeah. the drivers that are there get free sex or something like that from a brothel. Because the brothel knows they're not going to come in. They're not going to have to give away any free sex. It's just it's a good publicity strategy move. We it's, should do the same thing, Adam. We are giving away free is- sex to anyone who wants to do an interview on our podcast. That is true. That is true. Uh, Tori Spelling. By the way, you see that uh, finally uh, Tori Spelling, what's his name? Tori Spelling's Dean. ex-husband, Dean McDermott, finally did his first interview and basically took blame. We're going to get it. I mean, we already kind of talked. You know, why, did we not, why did we not have him come on? We're so you know dumb. why? Because I didn't even think about no, it. No, Dax, you know why? Because Daily Mail, there's somehow there is some sort of exchange and that's why he just he decided to have his first comment kind of with them. And I get but literally, it. Literally, I, I didn't even think to ask him. Like I'm, I'm so mad at myself right now. Yeah, why didn't I think about budget. it? We don't have the budget. But back my, to my, like, I, I've been focused on getting Tori on here. That I didn't even think like, oh, people are going to want to hear from Dean right now. God, I'm such an idiot. 
<laughs> but back anyway. to these news stories, it's funny because every single outlet, they mm-hmm. make their money on drama. They, they need drama to keep the clip coming. This is a business. It's not really entertainment news. It's about drama. It's about bringing in you know, views. It's, you know, there's slow weeks, those holiday weeks, everyone's like trying to get all their stories in advance because they don't want to work that week. And they're just on call in case something really bad happens. And they just, you know, this whole business rides on drama. It's one big reality show. A hundred percent. And I think, so we started talking about this last week, how much drama fuels entertainment news and some of the biggest stars on the planet the reason that they're so famous, you start to forget, is because of all the drama that they've had in their past. So we started thinking, like, who are those celebrities that have, like, kind of gone wild at a certain point in their life? And really, that wild point in their life took them to a whole nother level in the celebrity world. Everyone was talking about it. People couldn't get enough of them. So I think today we're going to do a little rundown. And this might be a few part series if people actually enjoy it. Uh, But talking about those celebs that had their wild moments, and this is not, uh, we're going to leave like the Britney Spears Amanda Bynes out of here, because obviously those are, there's there's mental issues involved in those. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about people that have maybe got a little off their rocker for some time, whether it was just a moment in their life where they're trying to prove that they are not a Disney star, or they had a run-in with booze, or maybe they even had a drug problem for a little bit, but they've now become clean and sober, so we can actually call it a wild point in their life. So we're going to get into that today, talk about a couple celebs, go through their wildest moments, um, and kind of just refresh people's memory on, you know, on those stories and how, I mean, some of these people had numerous stories over and over and over again, where you're just like, my God, this person's going to die. And now they're the biggest star in the world and out of the issues and out of the weeds. Uh, Before we get into this, Dax, because I have a few questions before we talk about these few celebrities that we kind of were kind of researching and thinking about for this episode. Let's get into a review. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? I got one. This one comes from Crime Obsessed JH. Uh, the title is I Don't Need People or Us Magazine Anymore. The best thing about this pod is that the best of both worlds, literally Dax in LA, where I live now, and Adam in New York, where I used to live for 16 years. I love hearing them talk about the local hot spots along with all the other hot topics. I officially don't miss reading the gossip mags anymore. Love you guys. Keep churning out the gold content from Janelle. Wow. Janelle. Janelle, thank you so much. Great review. And it's funny, I ran to a, a listener on the streets the other day, and the listener lived in, um, I think they lived in South Carolina, like Myrtle Beach area. And they said to me, they said, you know, you talk about some of these restaurants and hot spots, and even though I don't live there, I enjoy listening about it because I see always these places in the background. I mm-hmm. love hearing those stories about them. So when I travel, I'm always like, oh, I need to check out this spot. So it's kind of, even though they're not in the LA or New York, you know, demographic, they're not visiting those places. They still have interest in those celebrity hotspots where celebrities frequent. hundred percent. I don't, it's not like I've ever eaten at Craig's, but I find it interesting. Yeah. You know, you, I want to know what the at, food Wait, is. you never ate at Craig's? No. I thought you had. Oh mm-hmm. man. No, I, I've never been to Craig's. I've been to I've a never, lot of the other hot spots per se, but not Craig's. 
I only walked into. I only took a piss in Craig's. I never. I never took a. I never took a dump there. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, no, I did walk through one time. To, I already told this story. I went to. The, I went to use the restroom one time. The one time I went in, I saw Chris David Rock, Spade or whatever. Adam Sandler, David yeah. Spade, and Ted Sarandos all sitting together. Um, I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was cool to walk through, but you could tell it's like a. Everyone's like looking at each other, and wants to see who comes in next, and uh, I would like to eat there one day. I just. I would like to go there. Someone else will pay the bill because I can't afford to eat like that. You know. By the way, I got to not to call out Janelle or anything, but she did leave us four stars. Um, what so Janelle, Janelle? Don't mind going back and updating. I, I, it's funny because I've actually told people on here like, "Hey, you left four stars," and I've had three people like, "I updated. I'm so sorry. I must have missed pushed the number of stars." <laughs> Doing? Get your glasses on, Janelle. Give me five stars. We love us so much. Uh, but thank you, though, for the review. Change that review to five stars. And again, guys, the best thing to do to support this podcast, give us a five-star review. Just go to uh, the Apple Podcast, for example. Leave five stars. Say a few kind words. And we'll actually read your review live on air. It helps us out in the algorithm. Um, on to today's episode, Dax. My first question before we get into these few celebrities mm-hmm. who they had a wild moment. Do you think – when, and that moment might have been a couple of years for some of these people, not oh, like yeah. an instant thing. Yeah. Do you think just from your background working in the news industry that when – let's say we see a little bit of a downfall. We see a little bit of a wild time that the celebrity is going through. The outlets sort of root for that? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. People – dude, people loved when Britney was going through her crazy – you know what I'm saying? Like loved it. We, you saw CNN covering her every single day. And this is a, you know, a, a huge news outlet. And they're spending half their broadcast on Britney Spears running around LA. Like, come on, people. Because it brings in the viewers. People love to see the, the destruction of someone famous and rich and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, it fuels curiosity. Um, but I will say... That being said, people they also love a comeback. Love good comeback. Comeback stories, woo! They love it. Uh, you know what's funny? What we should, you know, that's another episode. It's like these comebacks, and the celebrities we're going to talk about today. I think all had significant comebacks, and I just think that's a great Hollywood story. People love the comebacks, and sometimes mm-hmm. the comeback is bigger than the setback. And um, and I quote that from Mike's situation. And um, that's what he said. I, he actually said that. I think. I think the wise, like, the wise philosopher, Mike, the situation. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Like people love these comeback stories, which essentially, I don't think they meant to have that setback. They meant to have that sort of meltdown, or kind of like sometimes they're just enjoying themselves a little too much. Mm-hmm. But it kind of built to their allure, which sometimes helped them out in Hollywood. I would say, as I'm going through all these names that we're going to talk about today. What do you think the common factor is between all of them? Let me see if you know what it is. Um, hmm. I would say the common one, I would say the common alcohol, early age alcohol. So yes, but I would also <laughs> say they all came from like famous families or really well-known families. Interesting. Or um, and they were kind of introduced to Hollywood at a very young age. Um, I, well, I guess one of them, maybe not so much, but the rest of them, yes. Um, Interesting. And so, so they all like a be, trend. So they all were in the spotlight, super young, super talented, and w- with that beca- comes a lot of uh, access to 
you know, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it doesn't, you know, show up until a little bit later in life. Anyway, we'll get into that. I just was kind of looking through our list going, huh, that's really interesting that all of these people kind of either got into Hollywood really young or uh, got into drugs young or whatever. So here's the thing I don't understand. And again, I, I don't have, um, fortunately, I don't have any addiction issues. I mean, the only mm-hmm. addiction I might have is, I don't want to say it's addiction, but like I, sugar is like the only thing. Do you have any addiction things? Um, it's like I, I don't my, crave I sugar. I bite my nails. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. No, you know what? I do. I, honestly, I do love working out. Like I love it. I make like it feels so good and yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to, to volunteering too. Yeah, I'm addicted <laughs> to volunteering and, and 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 cleaning up litter on the side of the highway. Like, yeah, uh, what a good guy you are, Dex. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, literally though. Like, when I was out for my surgery, it killed me. Oh, I get it. Trust me, like, I get it. I, I, and, and it's I think it's more of a mental thing. Like, I think I have a mental issue with. I miss working out for one day and I'm like, oh, there it goes. All my hard work's gone down the drain. Like, no, it's mentally I'm messed up like that. No, I get it. Like every time I don't vote on an election day, I feel like a <laughs> terrible individual. And uh, it's, it's really <laughs> the kind of person I am. <laughs> no, but you know what's so funny, Dex? Which is so stupid. These people... You know, I don't understand what it is at an early age. You said sugar as if yours is so much fucking worse than mine is, you idiot. <laughs> the excessive amount of sugar. The, all these celebrities went, you know, I guess we're saying they all came from famous families. What is it that growing up in Hollywood or growing up with famous parents or being in the industry, you, it's just accessibility. To them? Yeah, it's accessibility to shit normal people can't do. Like I grew up in Colorado, in Castle Rock, Colorado. There, we didn't have parties that had heroin sitting out on the counter. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not what we had. It's still weird to me, and actually, it's because it goes into a bigger discussion of like the accessibility these people have. I mean, it goes into the parents also. You know, you could grow up in Hollywood, but just instead of you know snorting the coke that's on your father's desk, you go outside and just play basketball with your neighbor. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just it's a very weird thing. I don't know if we'll ever figure it out. I don't know if we still, I mean, obviously there's kids who grew up in Hollywood with famous parents and not famous parents that have that, those type of issues. Actually, it's funny. Did you see that Reese Witherspoon's son, Deacon, he's, Mm -hmm. I think 20 years old. He goes to NYU, just did a TikTok video with this social media guy named Caleb, uh, Caleb Simpson, Caleb Williamson, something like that. I forget the guy's name, but he does a tour of his NYU apartment. And here's a kid who's 20 years old living in the West Village with his buddies uh, going to NYU in his apartment. He didn't reveal how much money the apartment is, like how much he pays in rent. But if you saw the apartment, it's incredible. And as a 20-year-old kid living in the West Village, I mean, I mean unfortunately, got, it doesn't sound like he has a drug problem, but the, the money is there. Two very wealthy parents. You know, Reese Witherspoon makes – what was she making like twenty million for the morning show? Twenty million for every movie she's done. You know, Ryan Phillippe has made a boatload of money. So of course they're like, it's not cheap to live in New York, and you're not you don't want your kid living in poverty out there. So they they put them up in something that to them probably makes sense. To us, we can't fathom ten twenty thousand dollars a month on a rental check. You know? Yeah. No, it's insane. But I mean, I'm kind of going off record a little. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 
6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, let's start with this. Oh, sorry, here here is place. some celebrities that have uh, had a little bit of a wild phase. Dax, let's, you give me one, and let's go through them. I want to start with someone that I feel like I was there for the entire wild phase of it. Because some of these people, it was kind of pre my like days at TMZ and stuff. But I want to talk to Miley Cyrus because I feel a connection to this one just because covered her so much throughout the years. You know, she started on the Disney Channel um, and that really rocket launched her to fame. And that was back in like 2006. It just had... I remember when that show started, it got the largest audience like ever. Like that's Hannah really Montana why you're talking about Hannah Montana. Yeah. And that it really kind of catapulted her to the becoming a huge star where I knew who she was, even though I didn't watch her show or anything like that. Like that's how quickly it became famous. And then I remember a couple of years later, she wound up in um, like a Vanity Fair photo shoot, which got a lot of criticism because she was like topless at the time, but she was like covered, but mostly topless. And I think it was kind of like that first moment or that first glimpse of her trying to kind of like separate herself. And I'm going to say a lot of Miley's time during her wild phase was her trying to separate herself from this extreme success as a Disney star. So Um, let's go like time-wise though. At that time, First of all, Miley Cyrus doing Hannah Montana. That mm-hmm. show was kind of like a unique story because it was about a girl who was a normal girl going to school who, I guess, is a pop was star. Was a pop star behind know? the scenes, yeah. yeah. Which I, I always so love when playing it's... A star, she was a star playing a star. Yeah, a star playing a star. Um, and, and it also, not only that, it was simultaneous to her releasing her first solo record. So keep that in mind. So she's... On this huge hit show, she releases a solo album. It is massive for her, and then they go they go and release the Hannah Montana the movie right after it. So it was just like everything all at once. Everyone's focusing on her. She's doing the Vanity Fair cover cover. So that's sparking uh, scandal and controversy. Wait, Dex, the controversy about this Vanity Fair, the controversy about this Vanity Fair article it was at the she was only fifteen at mm-hmm. the time. She was 15, 15, uh, somewhat nude. I mean, she wasn't really revealing anything, but she was kind of appeared topless. You know, she was covering up, but 15 years old appearing topless. And it's funny, when we think about the name, like she just had star power from the name Hannah Montana, which she played on the show, to Miley Cyrus. I think of those names like, man, if you could pick a cool name in Hollywood, those Mm -hmm. are strong names, right? Strong names plus her dad's Billy Ray Cyrus. So, of course, all of this combined is just like the perfect thunderstorm of, you know, uh, people wanting to talk about her. And then she goes on the 2009 Teen Choice Awards. And if you remember, this is when she performed Party in the USA. And they, they had her like pole dancing during the performance. So there you go. You're stirring in a little more controversy here because she's still so freaking young. And... Again, I go back to her is like this rebellious attitude towards 
I, I love Disney, but I am not a Disney person. So I need to keep proving to everyone why I shouldn't, I should be taken more serious and not as a Disney star. So it's funny when I'm thinking about this, is it wild? Yes. But it was also very like rebellious where she mm -hmm. was trying to kind of go against everything that people thought she was. And yep. sometimes it felt a little forced. I think we all felt it. Like when you look back, you sort of cringe because Miley was very interesting because there was different Miley chapters. There was different Miley errors. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean, like there was that one time, you know, for a period of time, she, you know, she was into weed. She was, she was talking a lot about weed. And she was. I mean, she's, she's still into that. Let's well, not no, I think she away. stopped smoking weed <laughs> as much. But there's one for that one period of time, this is back around, I guess, like the 2013 era. Mm -hmm. She starts talking about like how she uses cannabis. and. Well, uh, well let, let's get to that because let's, yeah. you know, we go 2009, you know, and then she kind of like, I want to say, stepped away for a little bit after so much controversy the Vanity Fair stuff, the, the Teen Choice performance. And then I feel like when she really came in hard was back in 2013. And I remember this because I was at TMZ at the time and it was just like, holy crap, like where did the smiley came from? She cut off all of her hair. She dyed it blonde. And that's when like Wrecking Ball came out. And I remember the Wrecking Ball music video it had people's jaws dropping on the ground. She's swinging around butt naked on the wrecking ball. She releases this music video. And now it's like the world is talking about her. And I remember at the time thinking like, why would she cut her hair? Like she looks so pretty with like the long brown hair. Why would she cut it all off? And, have, and, and now I get it all these years later, looking back and going, it was a strategic move. Like she needed to shock the world and so cutting her hair and dyeing it blonde, and that was her reinventing herself. And I remember, you know, she, she did a, a couple of performances, uh, um, but the music video uh, itself, my daughter loved it. And she was, I, I want to say like one at the time or two at the time. She couldn't stop watching it. I think it was that combination of like the super red lipstick with like the kind of plain backgrounds and stuff she would watch that music video over and over again. And I was thinking like, am I a horrible parent right now? <laughs> letting my child watch this wrecking ball music video over and over and over again. But I remember saying that she was really like proud of that time in her life, even though she got so much criticism, she was actually like really proud of who she was and what she was doing. Yeah. I mean, again, I look back and you sort of, I'm a few years older than her. So I cringe kind of looking at her. I'm like, Ugh, cause you saw this Hollywood starlet trying so hard to be rebellious. Mm -hmm. So part of me would also cringe and be like, make fun of her. I mean, it'd be like, uh, oh, look at this. It's so bizarre. But the other part is me. I also get it too. Um, because you know, everything we thought she was, I guess she really wasn't. Uh, we saw, she started to get a lot more tattoos um, obviously her dating life, she was dating some pretty uh, influential people from Patrick Schwarzenegger to who she was engaged with was uh, not Liam Hemsworth. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. Um, Do you remember, I, I, I want to go back to the Wrecking Ball. Do you remember when, uh, who was it? Was it Sinead um, O'Connor? Sinead O'Connor released that yes. open letter to her and just ripped her apart. And that the letter said like, I'm extremely concerned for you that those around you have led you to believe or encouraged you in your own belief that that's in any way cool to be naked and licking sledgehammers in your video. It is the fact, the case that you will, 
be that will obscure your talent by allowing yourself to be pimped, whether it's the music business or yourself doing the pimping. And I'm just thinking, calm down, Sinead. I mean, she's the one that loved controversy, and this is a new person stirring up controversy. And I do think that a lot of that was Miley. Like, I, I genuinely believe that that was Miley showing Miley. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think that was the music execs. Like, I'm sure they encouraged her and were like, this is great. But I think that is who she was at at the core. And she wanted to to be naked. She wanted to lick the hammer. She wanted to stir up emotions in people to get them talking about her. And this, again, took her to another level of super fame. Yeah, and it's funny. We haven't really heard from Miley Cyrus in a while. We haven't seen photos of her in a while. And it feels like she comes out with... Like I said earlier in the conversation, she comes out with a new Miley every single album or project she's working mm-hmm. on. She's in a different uh, time in her life. Like again, we talked about the weeds time where she said weeds the best thing on earth, and she said she did MDMA and uh, you know she even smoked a joint on stage during one of her concerts. I think she was at the the 2013 actually. She was doing the MTV European Music Awards, and she appear to be smoking a, a joint on stage. You actually didn't see it because it was a delayed broadcast and they kind of edited it out. But then she kind of got out of that. She said she doesn't smoke weed anymore, even though she said it was so cool. And that's when she did that song with Snoop Dogg, when Snoop Dogg was going through his Rastafarian stage. Um, now it's funny. Like I'm excited to see what Miley we're going to see next. And for me, from my personal experience, I've met Miley a few times. What mm-hmm. I mean, I've met her. I've been around her. I've got to see her. I've got got photos with her. By any, do I know her personally? By any, no, I don't. But I've gotten to meet her, and she's one of the few celebrities. Every time you meet her, like you realize she's a star. She's not just a celebrity. She's a star. And does she does she feel difference. authentic? Like what you see in the public? Does it feel like an authentic version of her? Or does it feel like? She's just trying to get people to talk about her. I actually feel like it's authentic and it's just who she is and she owns it and she's very empowering in a way. And, and again, she, like she, she's a star and uh, beyond being talented, I know she's talented. There's a lot of talented people out there, but when the difference between a star and a celebrity, in my opinion, is like, there's this inner confidence within these people, like a Tom Cruise, a Brad Pitt, a Miley Cyrus, when they walk into a room, their presence the energy changes where like their chest yeah, you, is up. They're not you, shy. She owns the room. Do you think that comes over time? Because like there's a reason Tom Cruise can walk through a room and walk like that because he is one of the most successful actors on the planet. One of the most famous people in the world, you know, like, do you, is that so- or, or was that something that he's had his whole life and he's always had that confidence and that confidence has led to him becoming a celebrity and becoming successful. I'm, I'm curious which way that would have come in? Good question, Dex. And I'm trying to think if there's any new celebrities who I met who are not, I didn't necessarily, they're not the biggest star on the planet, mm-hmm. but they have that star power. And honestly- Like, like what about Taylor? Like you, you've been around since she was young and wasn't as famous as she is now. Has she always had that kind of like, confidence when she's walking through the streets before she became the biggest celebrity on the planet. The thing about a Taylor that's kind of unique and a little bit different is that it wasn't just you're dealing with Taylor, you're dealing with the corporation. And there's always so many people around Taylor. It was like a team. It was an army. It was 
it was a company. It wasn't just a one person. It was Taylor Swift, the company, the way she moved, the way she operated. It was never just her walking around. It was always like a team of people. Um, you know, you know who we can honestly, say it about. We can say that? it about Kim. Kim's always had that confidence. Yeah. So way before she was the celebrity that everyone knows her today, when she was literally just Paris Hilton's lackey sidekick, she was confident. She had that star persona to her before being a star. So it may just be something that like is inside of people. I don't know. You know, Dax, I, I, and just to conclude, Miley Cyrus, the one star who I've met recently, who I would say is they have that charisma that could potentially be very huge. And it's someone that, you know, we talk about in our private Facebook group called Off the Record that I know a lot of people want to have on the podcast. Let me guess. Matt Reif. Matt Reif. And uh, comedian Matt Reif, young guy. You guys see him a lot on TikTok. And the reason I say Matt Reif is, first of all, he's a very good guy. Obviously, a good-looking guy. He's got that look where he's like a little older than some of the young TikTok stars. But when you hear him in interviews, and I think he did an excellent, excellent job on Jimmy Fallon where he's got a great story at a young age. I mean, this is not overnight success. He worked hard to get to it. And it's a little bit inspiring in a way, his story. And he, the way he talks in conversation it doesn't come from narcissism. It doesn't come from ego. It comes from just his journey. And I think there's that story within the story that you kind of fall for. And you're like, okay, I get it. I see, I understand the appeal. Stand-up wise is totally different, but his story is, you know, because I think comedy is sort of generational. His audience is a little skewers a little bit younger, but his story is what's going to get all ages. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's um, move on to the next. So let's move on. Yeah. What's another celebrity Dax you think who went through this wild error? I mean, we have to say the classic Robert Downey Jr. because this guy had had the biggest spiral down, wild phase of his life, and is now the biggest thing uh, on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no one has had more of a resurrection than Robert Downey Jr. Like we talk comeback stories. Like this is the comeback story. And, um, and I would say, you know, Robert was the one that I was like, not sure about necessarily his upbringing. Cause when I said like, oh, everyone started in Hollywood to famous, he really did because his, his dad wasn't a, a filmmaker. His mom was an actress. I, I don't know how successful they were. Like some of these other people, like obviously, you know, you know, Miley's dad, you know, some of these other people's parents. I didn't necessarily know them, but it's still that Hollywood connection. Um, and he's even admitted that like at an early age, his dad, you know, struggled with substance abuse and actually introduced Robert to drugs. So there is your initial interaction with someone who's in the Hollywood Hollywood scene. And at a young age, these kids are being introduced to drugs, allowing him to try marijuana at parties when he was eight years old. Um, you know, doing drugs with his father became kind of their way of bonding. And I mean, obviously that's not a healthy way of bonding, but that was their way of bonding when they were young. And so that led to him spending a lot of his nights in his twenties and thirties, getting drunk and scouting dealers and all this kind of stuff. And if you remember back in, what was it like 87 or so, um, that that's when he was in the less than zero film gave a a great performance and then kind of put him on the map in the acting community. And then he was in the Charlie Chaplin uh, biopic. And, and yeah, I think Charlie Chaplin, the Charlie Chaplin movie, which was, he said 1992 was the first 
time. And again, I was a young guy, but I was still, I was very young, but I still had my, I was still reading Star Magazine and People Magazine at that time. And I guess 1992 is when Robert Downey Jr. became Charlie Chaplin, which was Mm -hmm. a huge box office film. Well, he got the Oscar nomination for that movie because it was, it was so big and he did such a good job. So that like really solidified him in Hollywood at that point. Yeah, he was, uh, but then, you know, starring in those films, he, you know, struggled with alcohol and drug use. Then in comes the, with success comes, uh, excess (laughs) access to all kinds of stuff. And he would, you know, he was able to stay sober while working on films for a period, but then we kind of like fall off the wagon and then get back in. And, you know, he, he partied hard in the eighties and into the nineties. And then I would say in the nineties is really when stuff's kind of started to spiraling out of control, control. He started using crack and heroin. Uh, And this is all coming out of things that he has talked about over the years. And I guess in like 1996, was a pretty bad year. That's when Sean Penn, Dennis Quaid, decided that they were going to get him into rehab. So they put him on a private jet, took him to a rehab center. Tucson didn't really go so well. Three days later, he actually escaped. Did you know he escaped from the rehab center? I already um, escaped like multiple rehab places. If, if I could <laughs> yeah. be wrong, but like, this is not the only time he re- escaped not the only rehab. Yeah, How are people literally... escaping these places? I don't know, but he, he called his accountant, got a plane ticket home, and then literally on the flight got drunk like that's how quickly he was not interested in becoming sober and the only reason i'm bringing this up is because he has turned his life around so much that like he actively wants to be sober now and you can see what he went through at that time um and then he had all these run-ins with cops for so long he was stopped by police driving down the sunset strip uh, he was high, he was naked, he was throwing Im- uh, imaginary rats out of his car window. Then in 95, he was smoking heroin and freebasing cocaine. He had several arrests at that point, went to rehab facilities. Um, I mean, and this was in the span of a few weeks. He was arrested multiple times for bizarre and reckless drug-fueled behavior. I mean, it was like literally he was the perfect person for the tabloids at that point. You just kept seeing mug shots of him. He yeah. just had so many mug shots. I can actually, like, when I think about his mug shot, I could think of, like, two different ones, at least in my, in my mind. Like, oh, 100%. I mean, he, I remember there was one arrest where he had a, a gun on the passenger seat of his car. There was the other one where he, he wandered into the neighbor's home and passed out in their son's bedroom. I think that's probably <laughs> the most famous one. Yeah. Um, because he didn't even know the per- I don't, I think we got the neighbor's name, but I don't think he knew the neighbor well. And he just went into the neighbor's home and passed out on the, and that was the naked bed. one, right? Like just winding up naked in the like neighbor's house. Um, and then <laughs> in, I mean, what a mess. And then in 99, he was sentenced to 36 months in state prison he spent 12 months there serving time uh, before being paroled um, and then arrested two more times within eight months after that um, and spent, uh, you know, months and months in rehab after that. I mean, it was just a nonstop cycle for him. And then we're going to fast forward to like, you know, to the point where he actually wanted to, to get help. I remember because he had hit rock bottom. He had lost everything. He was basically going to bankruptcy. His wife had left him, took their son, got fired from the Alan McBeal show. Um, and so he was just occurring, uh, accumulating this massive, massive debt. Um, and then in 2000, I remember People Magazine did this, this story about him that said, from bad to worse. And 
saying, and I, I want to say they spoke to his stepmother who said that he had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which was interesting because he came out years later saying that was not true. It was something that he said that, that doctors hadn't said it and that no doctors were able to diagnose him because every time he went in for help, he was too high or drunk that you're like, you can't diagnose someone until they're sober. So I think he kind of threw away that bipolar disorder um, diagnosis later on in life. And he did, he did say, you know, he, he denied being depressed or manic, um, but that the dude had addiction issues. And that's really what he kind of um, said was his big problem. And I remember Woody Allen actually tried to give him a chance back in Hollywood. Woody was the real one who was like, I want to get him back on his feet. He's gone through so many things. And he wanted him to star in this movie, Melinda and Melinda with Winona Ryder, but couldn't even get insurance on the movie because Robert had like messed up so many times over and over and over again that no, no insurance company wanted to do it. And that really was, I think, a pretty big blow to him because he's like, damn, this is someone Woody Allen wants to trust me and he can't because I'm too much of a liability. Can you imagine that? That's incredible. Well, I didn't even know about like insurance. You have to get insurance for these. You guys. have to get insurance. You can, it's called like an insurance bond. Um, and no one wanted to do it. The only way he actually kind of, and this is honestly, this is the moment where it changed for him. But Mel Gibson, um, who had been a friend of his for many, many years, decided to pay the insurance bond for the singing detective, which Mel was producing. So and, wait, so Dax, hold on. So Mel Gibson basically said, mm -hmm. I'm friends with Robert Downey Jr. I believe in Robert Downey Jr. He paid, I guess, the completion bond. What yeah. exactly is the completion bond? So he's bond? basically saying that I will ensure that he shows up. I will ensure that he makes it through the movie. I will ensure that this movie gets completed and that it's not because of Robert Downey Jr. having been at fault. I okay. mean, that's that you, you are placing a lot of faith in someone um, based on your friendship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if this person drops back into rehab or falls off the wagon, like that's going to be on Mel Gibson. He's going to, he could potentially lose millions and millions of dollars, but I think he believed in him so much and wanted to give his friend a shot that he did that. So he, he put the, he put forth the money and it did really well. It, it, it it was able to get him going back on the the gamble pay uh, the gamble paid off for him. Um, he returned to mainstream films mid two thousands. He after after Mel did that other one, he then got the role for Gothica. He got um, God, I forget whatever he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Zodiac Tropic Thunder. He did all of these because of Mel Gibson. Uh, and I'm not saying Mel Gibson's a good guy. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, I think he's a piece of trash. But <laughs> what he did for Robert Downey Jr. Um, was a cool thing for his buddy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He ended, well, up, he ended up getting nominated for an Academy Award for for Tropic Thunder. I mean, his life literally turned around because of that bond that was paid for him. Well, for Gothica, the the producer Joel Silver, he withheld forty percent of Downey's salary until after mm -hmm. production wrapped, uh, just because for insurance reasons, he just wanted to. Yeah, well, not give him he wanted to make sure the dude showed up. And, yeah. and because of Tropic Thunder, Zodiac, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, because of all of those movies and Robert actually proving that he was sober, that he could show up to work on time, that he could like that he had cleaned up his life, that's when he landed Iron Man.
and Which, obviously we all know incredible. the Iron Man franchise uh, took him from actor to mega celebrity. And then he did the Sherlock Holmes movies. He did the judge. He did Oppenheimer. You know, I mean, the, the list could go on and on to the point where in 2008, he was named one of the hundred most influential people in the world. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Forbes had listed him as the Hollywood's highest paid actor. I mean, his, his literally his whole life turned around, but Keep in mind, he became really infamous during that those early 2000s because he was such a out of control, wild, wild person. Yeah, he was, but he was he still he's such a thespian. He's such a great actor. Where he's so um, like when you see him in a movie, it's hard to see him as that role. It's more just Robert Downey Jr. Something so charismatic that you watch Robert Downey Jr. on screen. When you watch Tony Stark, I don't see Tony Stark. I see Robert Downey Jr. I just think he's just a very charismatic guy. He's very unique. And when even when you meet him in person, I've met him a few times in person, he is that guy in person. Just like unique, kind of uh, fun, funny. He's the same guy you see on screen like you see in Iron Man. He's the same guy in person. Um, But yeah, he's been sober ever since. But talking about a wild time. I wonder what he would be like to party with during the 80s and 90s. Was he just blacked Dude, out of his mind where you didn't, you didn't really see him? To, you wouldn't be able to keep up. I like, definitely want to be able to keep up, but was he fun? I, I wonder if he was like a fun guy to be around or if he was just so blacked out, it was scary. Yeah, I, I think that's another level of partying that you can't. I don't know if that is fun partying at that point unless you're on the same level of drugs as he is. All right, uh, Dax, who's someone else we got? Um, dude, I think we're only going to be able to get to three here. This is crazy. I, I, we have talked so much more about these people than I, I thought we would, Yeah, which is crazy, but that means that we will be able to do a, a part two because I've still got a ton lined up after this. <laughs> so let's do one more because this one is another huge one. I want to talk Drew Barrymore. Um, cause not everyone knows all the details. I mean, people know how famous she is now and how she also has had this reinvention of her career. She's doing the, t- the daytime show and she's probably the most successful she's ever been. You know what I'm saying? In, in regards to on top of the world here, uh, I'm not taking anything in her past away from her, but I just think that she is the beloved Drew Barrymore at this point. And People have forgotten all the crazy wild times in her life, which is probably a, a good thing. But um, wh- where should we start with Miss Barrymore? I mean, honestly, she was a star at a very, was- very young age. I mean, her parents, I think they're lying about her age for roles. Um, yeah, so she was born back in 19, what was it, 75? Um, and she did not have a good relationship with her parents from the beginning, like not at all. She emancipated from them at the age of 14. Uh, Her dad, actor John Barrymore, um, which again, there you go. There's your connection to Hollywood at a young age. Um, And they, they didn't have much contact after she emancipated. She wanted nothing to do with them. Um, but she talked all about this. She does have a book out called Little Lost, uh, Little Girl Lost, which revealed a bunch of just shocking facts about her life. Um, you know, it was really how she got into the drug world. I think it was like at nine, she started drinking. At 10, she was smoking marijuana. At 12, she began snorting cocaine. And then she underwent a bunch of mental health treatment and rehab for alcohol at the age of 13, dude. 
Isn't that wild? Like to think Insane. at such a young age, like my daughter right now is 11. I couldn't imagine her being on hardcore drugs. Like thinking that at the age of 12, she's snorting freaking cocaine. <laughs> That's, I'm <laughs> laughing because it's insane. It's, it's insane. You know, and so, you know. I didn't even know what ate, cocaine was at a 12. No, exactly. So, you know, she began shooting um, babes in Toyland back in Munich. I remember when she was like 11 years old. This is when some of the craziness started really spiraling. And uh, she was in this like, I want to say it was like a hotel and all hell broke loose. She was running through the hallways in this like alcohol fueled state. Again, I'm reminding you, she was 11 years old at the time. And uh, she started stealing dozens of laundry bags full of clothing and proceeded to throw them off balconies. And, you know, this is while she's filming a movie. You can't do this shit. Like when you're filming a movie and you're trying to be professional and you're 11 years old, like, um, and they started all, all the bags of clothes started landing all over the river surrounding the hotel. And it's funny because I guess she realized how bad that was. <laughs> she She's even said to this day, she's like, I can't keep clothes. I'm convinced it's karma from that night, that one night in Munich that she can't keep clothes. Like she constantly loses them. They're, they're gone. Yeah. So it's funny how to this day, that moment in her life still haunts her. Um, I don't know. She, she, she had so many problems with drugs and alcohol that at a young age, that became the narrative that she was a little wild, out of control kid. And that is kind of why her movie trajectory after E.T. and after the, um, the Babes in Toyland, like it didn't progress a lot because no one could trust her. That's another person that like you can't hire her in a movie because you can't get it insured. She's not trustworthy. Yeah, she – man, but she did – during that time she did some insane like when i think of it's funny drew barrymore right now we haven't really seen her act in a while she has a talk show that does very well she gets great guests on it but i'm thinking about like a lot of the movies that drew barrymore has done i think you know it's not as much now but 15 20 years ago she was doing monster huge successful movies i mean this is that time where people obviously went to the movies more but she was she how would you describe Drew Barrymore during her time? She wasn't what she was like, I guess Are you talking about the wild time? During the wild time, she was still I, like America's sweetheart because she in no, some ways we grew up with her. Yes, because everyone thinks of E.T. When they think of Drew Barrymore, they think of E.T. They think about her as that cute little blonde girl in the movie. But then she grew up. Do you remember when she did that erotic thriller Poison Ivy? And that was like 1992. I think that was kind of the point where people were like, again, is she just trying to break that sweet little girl image kind of like Miley was trying to do? Because she's like, I don't want to be that sweet little blonde girl. I want people to look at me as an adult or look at me as sexy rather than cute. I don't know. She did Playboy. Um, which if you remember, she got a lot of criticism from Steven Spielberg. Uh, that was also kind of around the time that she went on the David Letterman show and flashed her boobs to the Letterman. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So wait, she did Poison Ivy three years later. She posed for Playboy, yeah. which Steven Spielberg was not a fan. Not a fan. He, he was not happy with it. And, and then all of a sudden, I guess, I guess he sent her a note saying to cover up 
And that was like <laughs> the story. But then I mean, honestly, Letterman, like, what else is he going to say? He he probably felt like a father figure. And if your father or if your daughter's out there flashing her boobs around, you're probably going to be like, hey, put some clothes on. I don't want to see you like that. I, I'm, I feel like I'm your dad. So I can understand where he's coming from on that one. But then she had one of the most infamous moments on the David Letterman show. Uh, were you a David Letterman fan by any chance? I loved David Letterman. Huge loved Letterman him. fan. It was just more fun. It was just – it was a show – when the celebrities are on, you have to watch that interview because you just didn't know what was going to happen. Whereas when they're on Fallon, and I'm not putting down Fallon, but it's, it's going to might, might come across that. There's nothing kind of unique from that interaction, that that interview. Whereas Letterman, it was just kind of you never know what was going. You never knew what direction it was going to go in. But Drew went on the show and flashed her breast to David Letterman. She jumped on his desk. She turned her back to the audience and pulled her shirt up. And it was like, whoa. I mean, it was one of the craziest moments in Letterman history, I guess. Uh, completely wild. And still, one of, like, if, if they do a top craziest, you know, uh, night show moments, that's always going to be in there as may, potentially number one because it was so out of left field. Um, and people talk about it to this day. But I think – that point in her life where she was exploring her sexuality, she was exploring drugs, she was exploring, like, it was wild for her. And then it was like, she realized how off the rocker she had gotten. And she cleaned up her act. She cleaned up her act. She started getting these huge, huge movies, Charlie Sheen, or Charlie's Angel, I said Charlie Sheen's Angels, Charlie's Angels, Never Been Kissed, um, Boys on the Side. I mean, Batman, Batman Forever, Forever, Scream. I mean, you could go on and on. Ever Wedding After. Kind of you remember how big, yeah. you remember how big Ever After was? That was huge. The Wedding Singer and really connecting with Adam Sandler and just doing movie after movie after movie with him. And it brought her back. And that's when I think um, was her big revamp in her career to then look. And you're right. She hasn't really done any acting as of recent, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think of what the appeal is to her. And also, I, I'm trying to think of the appeal to her and her story. And I think Drew, again, is one of those people where we always say, once your personal life becomes bigger than your public life, and it's kind of, it's a different time now. Obviously, these people are a little bit date, a little bit older, but, you know, especially with social media. But she's one of those people, she just, when you see her on camera, she was just, you felt for her. Because in some ways, I feel like as an audience member, we kind of groomed her in a way where she became the girl next door, but like she was the girl you grew up with. So you always rooted her for her, even during her wild times. But it was like, Oh, that's, that's our friend Drew. And it sounds weird. I'm not friends with her, but she's, she was quirky and fun and silly, but always like energetic, no matter all these phases during her, when you saw her do interviews, she was always like, um, spunky, Mm-hmm. Fun, pop, she's got a great personality. Yeah, really flirty. fun. I would say her personality is super attractive in that regards because you're attracted to that funness that she radiates. But were we attracted to her during her wild time? I think people, when I say attracted, I don't necessarily mean like sexually attracted. I mean sure. like you are you gravitate to her star power because she's fun and she's interesting and i think that still followed during her crazy time because you're interested you're you're captivated by what she's doing whether you agree with it or don't agree with it 
she probably sold a ton of Playboy magazines because people are like, "Ooh, I want to see your, you know, I'm, I'm curious because she is, you know, she's Drew. I don't know. I, I, I just love, it's kind of funny. I didn't think about the comeback side when we started talking about this topic, but I, I, that's probably my favorite part is that all of these people have come back and become so successful post crazy. The one thing that Drew Barrymore and people forget, and for a long period of time, she was the youngest person to host Saturday Night Live at she seven still has years that old. Record. No, no, someone came uh, in two thousand. Someone, I think that kid from that one movie, he came. He took the award. He took. Are that you talking about from the room? room? Yeah, that kid. I think that kid hosted, and he kind of named Timblade. What Jacoby Tumblet? I don't know. I forget. <laughs> I don't know. All these like Chalamet uh, the type room. kids. Oh, what's his name? His name. What the fuck? Why can't I find it? Wasn't it the room? God, people How are yelling room? right now. Movie... Sucks. Everyone's yelling. They're like, "You stupid idiots!" Well, uh, you know what's so funny? We haven't really seen that kid lately. But also, there's been a writer's strike, so no one's been acting lately. And he's not one that the paparazzi's really waiting outside their house and chasing, so that's why we also don't see him. And he also has his probably social media ran by his parents. Um, but what, what is his name? Can you imagine at seven years old hosting Saturday Night Live? I think it's actually probably easier because you're so young, you don't realize how insane that is. I can't even focus. I need to figure out his name. <laughs> Oh, it's not the room. It's room. That's why I couldn't figure it out. But Jacob Tremblay, there we go. But yeah, he, he he did a bunch of crap, dude. He was he was all over the place. Luca, <laughs> he did Wonder. Do you remember how big Wonder was? Yeah, that kid, that kid did everything. The and one I thing feel I, like he didn't fall down the the drunk crazy path, which is time. Unique. There's still a lot of time, Dex. We no, stop. He doesn't. No, we hope that he doesn't. Stop but I'm it. sure he's, you know. He's he, he's he's doing well. I'm sure he's, he's got good, 17. Good family. We are not going to let him do that. He's Jacob, you stay out of that. What I love about Drew and what I love about Robert Downey Jr. like they still, it's a part of their life. They don't ignore it. They acknowledge it. Especially Drew on her talk show, she talks openly about like talking to her kids about her past, and even when she brings on past guests like Tom Green, and she even had um, Lionel Richie on talking about how he she was really close with. Lionel Richie's daughter, Nicole Richie. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we were crazy back kids growing up in the, in the industry. Like it was a wild time. Um, yeah. Is it still as wild as it once was? I think it is to a certain extent. It's just a different level of celebrity. Well, I also and, think that people can't get away with shit for as long. Like back then she could probably go out, get drunk, do drugs, all of that. And that people weren't taking her photo every two seconds to document it and embarrass her and cancel her and all of that stuff. Like she was freely doing it. Whereas these days, if we were to see an 11 year old getting drunk, that person, their parents would be locked up or they would be, you know, locked up. Like it's just, it's a different world we live yeah. in now. Like for example, Miley Cyrus, remember that video? You, I mean, you probably had to do a lot to do with that video of her smoking the bong or that, was it a bong or a joint? Remember it was that, it was a, it, that, Fake there weed. A, there was a bong video. I, I I feel like. But remember, it was like a fake weed, and I, I actually smoked it one time. It was like this. Like, I forget the name of Sal- it. It was like Sativia. No, Salvia. Salvia, Salvia right? Salvia? Was it Salvia? 
And this was like the new thing that like you could smoke but not come off in your drug test. And she got like really weird from smoking it. And it was like, oh, God, like you're just a you're (laughs) going back to Miley Cyrus. Like you're a stoner that you don't want to be around. Miley Cyrus opens up about Salvia Bong hit. Yeah, it was Salvia. How the hell did I just pull that? Couldn't remember Jacob Tremblay, but I remembered (laughs) Salvia. What the hell is wrong? Did you have a lot to do with that video? Did you help break that video? Yeah, I was there when when that video went out. I remember that one. That one yeah. got a lot of publicity, obviously. That one did a lot of publicity. Um, honestly, Dax, I know we had more names to this list. But Wait, we've got I, a lot more names. We're going to have to wait on them because we somehow already went through all of our time. Yes, um, but hope you guys liked this. Uh, this was fun. I enjoyed talking to you, Dax. Maybe we should do this up, up podcast again another time. Well, um, I love talking to you. We should do a podcast together where we just yeah. talk. Yeah, we should do it. I got an idea. We could call it Smartless. Um, <laughs> you know, that should be the name of it. Or uh, less I don't think smart. Else... Let's call it just less smart. We could call it Smartless. We could call um, call her mommy podcast. I don't know. I got all these great names for a podcast that we can maybe do. Um, call me daddy. Call me mommy. Um, guys, thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, which I highly suggest you guys join. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. Please, please, please leave a review. Make sure it's five stars. Say a few kind words. And we'll read your review live on air. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Later. A Huda Media Production.